0: This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, May 7th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. USDA leaders press Japan on trade. U.S. and China clash with soybean trade of the balance. Congress needs to tread lightly on the food stamp reform. USDA leaders pressing Japan for a better trade deal. USDA Secretary Sonny Perdue, Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agriculture Affairs, Ted McKinney, and USDA Trade Counselor Jason Hoffemeister sat down last week with Shinsuke Sugiyama, Japan's new ambassador, to talk agriculture trade. Purdue recently told Agripulse that he is still confident that the U.S. and Japan will form a new tariff-cutting pact. Now, whether it's a bilateral deal or a part of the Trans-Pacific Partnership is yet to be seen. Either way will be difficult because Japan has rebuffed bilateral requests from the U.S., and President Donald Trump recently walked back statements that suggested he was interested in rejoining the TPP. The meeting was to establish a positive relationship with the new Japanese ambassador, discuss U.S.-Japan trade issues, and to celebrate the upcoming agribusiness trade mission. That according to a USDA spokeswoman who told Agripulse about the meeting and produced second-floor suite of offices at USDA headquarters in Washington. Specifically, we would like American agriculture products to have greater access to Japanese markets. Some U.S. products, such as beef, face steep tariffs, while Japanese manufactured products have much easier access to the American market. One of the first things Trump did after taking office in January last year was to pull the U.S. out of TPP. Farmers and ranchers were devastated with that move. Under the TPP, Japan agreed to reduce tariffs and increase market access for U.S. beef, pork, wheat and other commodities. The American Farm Bureau Federation predicted that the tariff cuts and other measures in the TPP would net farmers an extra $4.4 billion annually. The current 11 members of the trade pact decided this year to forge ahead with the deal without the U.S. and renamed it the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership. U.S. and China clash with soybean trade in the balance. High-level U.S. and Chinese officials met Thursday and Friday in Beijing. And while local press reports describe the interaction as productive, China pushed back hard on U.S. claims that the country has been stealing intellectual property for years. The Chinese side vigorously struck back at unsubstantiated accusations on issues including intellectual property rights and the unreasonable demand that it is up to China to reduce the new trade deficit. That's according to an article in the Xinhua News Agency, a government-run organization. It stressed. Chinese negotiators firmly defended the interests of the nation and of its people. The U.S. delegation included Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin, Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross, U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer, White House Advisor Pete Navarro, and others. USDA Chief Sonny Perdue, who was not in Beijing, told AgriPulse Friday that just the fact that the two sides are meeting should be seen as good news to farmers who are worried China would follow through with a threat to levy a 25% tariff on U.S. soybeans. Purdue said, I think it's the beginning of negotiations, and that's a good thing. We're glad they're in China. You've got to start somewhere. I don't think you begin with a conclusion in mind. The fact that they're talking is encouraging to me. Senator Durbin, Congress needs to tread lightly on food stamp reform. When it comes to reforming the Supplemental Attrition Assistance Program in the next Farm Bill, Senate Democrats may be willing to accept some of the new work requirements for benefits so long as it's done carefully. That according to Illinois Senator Richard Durbin as he spoke on this week's AgriPulse open mic. Durbin said over half the people who receive food stamps in the SNAP program are already working. These are the people that make so little money, some of them working more than one job. They need help feeding their families. Durbin's statements show a willingness to negotiate on a farm bill that has lost virtually all Democratic support of the House because of its new SNAP provisions that would require all work-capable adults under age 60, including parents of children older than 6, to work or be in an approved training program at least 20 hours a week. Durbin also stressed bipartisan support of the Senate to maintain a strong crop insurance program. He said, I think we have a bipartisan consensus when it comes to crop insurance and risk management. I don't think there's much controversy at all. FSA lending to women and farmers of color declines. Farm Service Agency lending to farmers of color and female farmers declined for the second straight year. That according to the National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition. The 8,700 loans to so-called socially disadvantaged farmers was down 4% from fiscal year 16 to fiscal 17 in SAC, found in a recently released analysis. While the FSA has certainly made provisions over the years in improving and increasing its level of service to SDA farmers, Their outreach has so far not been adequate to keep up with the growing demand, the group said. NSAC noted that while the total number of socially disadvantaged farmer loans has declined by 6% since fiscal year 2015, that number has steadily increased from fiscal years 2012 to fiscal 2015. Farm Bureau joins suit seeking reversal of decision on Washington State coal terminal. The American Farm Bureau Federation joined three other trade groups to argue for approval of a coal export facility at the Port of Longview in Washington State. In a friend-of-the-court brief filed in federal court in Washington, The Farm Bureau, the National Mining Association, National Association of Manufacturers, and the American Fuel and Petrochemical Manufacturers contend that the state has denied needed permits for the terminal not to protect legitimate local interests, but because they oppose the use of coal as an energy source throughout the world. In this case, it is coal. In the next case, it could be agriculture or manufactured goods, they said in their brief, which supports Commerce Clause challenging the state's rejection of the terminal here's today's he said it the next time you buy yourself a shirt and it says wrinkle free and you wonder where that feature came from it came from the ag research laboratory in new orleans louisiana that was senate democratic whip richard durbin of illinois speaking on AgriPulse open mic about the importance of funding research and the farm bill Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, May 7th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.